Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your go-to resource for all things pipeline and revenue production in the tech sales world. Technology marketing, sales development, sales, and revenue operations have combined to create the go-to market engine fueling the success of SaaS startups and established companies alike. Each week, the Sales Development Podcast dives deeply into the strategies, tactics, people, processes, and technology that fuels the revenue machine. The Sales Development Podcast is brought to you by Tenbound. Get more free resources, insights, and intelligence today at tenbound.com. And be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined today by Derek Osgood, founder CEO of Ignition. How are you doing today, Derek? Not too bad. Not too bad, David. Excited to jam on this stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been so many new developments and trends in the sales technology industry and especially around alignment. So I'm excited to dive in with you. How did you come up with the idea and start the company? Yeah. So, I mean, I actually like have spent most of my career, you know, as a product marketer and, you know, product manager kind of, and the large chunk of that work has been, you know, figuring out how to build, you know, launch processes and go to market for new products and features internally and, you know, how to get the information that's needed in that, you know, strategic development work that's done around those new launches to, you know, the teams that need that information in order to be able to talk to customers about it. So, you know, typically like sales, success, et cetera, kind of all the customer facing folks. And I think it's a big, hairy problem. You know, the launch process has all sorts of like sub problems within it around, you know, like getting the right insights to feed into the strategy and then, you know, getting that, like just creating a repeatable process that, you know, effectively allows you to build a strategy quickly enough to be able to like launch effectively. And then, you know, the communication and alignment burden just becomes incredibly challenging. And, you know, this is why, like, I think you see a lot of like sales enablement platforms having popped up is because, you know, all of this content is created in that go to market process. But oftentimes, you know, like sales success, everybody else is kind of left in the dark on it. And, you know, like often it's not uncommon at all for when you're working on software products, for example, for sales teams to suddenly have a new feature or product show up in a demo and they've never even heard that the thing was coming. And, you know, then they got to figure out how to sell it on the fly. And, you know, it's just really suboptimal for everybody. So, you know, basically, like, you know, I wanted to solve for that alignment problem. You know, as a product marketer, like, there's not really a lot of tools built around product marketing specifically. And, you know, the launch process has always just been hacked together in so many, like, generalized tools that are not really built for it that, you know, I felt like there needed to be something to exist here. So you saw this happening. And then, so what's an example, like, that? you've put in all this time and effort to build this new product or build this new feature. And what usually happens now? Well, usually what happens is, and I'm going to use software company as an example, this applicable, you know, across a range of different industries, but usually what happens is, you know, the thing gets built, you know, the dev team and the product team spend a lot of time building it and, you know, concepting it and designing it and, and actually, you know, getting the thing shipped. It ships and then, about two days before it ships, you know, the PM tells the product marketer, hey, like we're launching this thing in two days. Can you figure out a launch for it? Product marketer doesn't have time to actually effectively plan anything or coordinate anything. So they'll maybe write like one line of copy, throw it in an email and send that to customers. They'll completely forget to tell sales support everybody else who needs information around that launch that the thing is even coming. 
And then, like I mentioned, you know, it'll show up in a demo and then some poor salesperson or some poor support person has to like suddenly try and like jump around when customers are asking questions about it and, you know, try and figure out what the thing even is, much less how to talk about it and sell it effectively. So, you know, the coordination problem is huge and it ends up being super broken. You know, our goal is like really turn that into more of a process where there is a little bit more advanced planning and there is some more advanced communication and transparency across the org into what is being built. When is that stuff shipping? How do you talk about it? How do you sell it effectively? What assets are available to you in order to talk about it too? Mm -hmm. What would be a better case scenario? Like if you could wave a magic wand, because it does seem like a lot of the effort is dissipated. It's not focused. And I've seen this. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. So what would be like a better case scenario? Yeah. So, I mean, the best case scenario is, you know, product and product marketing are kind of like attached to the hip. And, you know, really, as soon as the product ends up on the roadmap and ends up getting concepted, product marketing is already starting on go-to-market planning for that. And so they're doing real research, talking to customers before the thing is actually even completely built, getting messaging feedback, informing a, you know, real concerted positioning messaging strategy and developing a couple of assets. It doesn't have to be a lot of assets, but, you know, they're at least developing, you know, some lightweight collateral that they can share with the sales team, the sales team can share with customers. You know, they're developing, you know, a couple of not just like one customer email, but they actually have a multi-channel communication strategy in place for communicating to customers. And then as all that strategy and content is coming together, Everybody across the org has visibility into what's going on with these launches. So there is like a centralized launch calendar that everybody in the company has transparency into and they can see like, okay, what are the things that are important to the company that we're launching? So not just like, here's a big list of all the features, but like, here's a prioritized list of all the things that we're building and shipping in terms of how important those things are to customers, because then that allows you as a sales team to focus on what are the things that are actually really going to drive deals. And so everybody has visibility in that launch calendar. And then when the thing starts to materialize and starts to get close to launching, there's kind of a pulsing communication process from product and product marketing to sales where they are sharing, you know, kind of what is that positioning strategy? What's the messaging? What are the assets that have been developed? And all of that is going out on a fairly regular drumbeat outwards to the rest of the team. So they don't need to go like sift through a tool to go find that information. It's just dropping into their inbox. And then they know on launch day, hey, this thing just shipped. Time for me to go ping all my customers because or all my prospects because they're all going to care about this thing that they've been asking for for a while. So you know it's a much tighter coordinated process and more proactive than what it is, you know, oftentimes today. It's interesting. So two things. One was the user interviews and getting that into the upfront process. Is that something that is part of your vision of how you see it before you even build something? You know, is anybody, does anybody care about? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, like on the user research front, I mean, we do a lot of insights stuff at Ignition. So, you know, both customer insights as well as competitive insights. So, you know, basically like a good go-to-market process is very, very research informed. And so ideally what you're doing is you have a continuous competitive intelligence program in place. So you're always monitoring what's going on with competitors. What are they announcing? How has their messaging changed over time? What does their pricing look like? 
So, you know, we baked a lot of that like automation around competitive intelligence into Ignition. So anytime you're creating a new launch plan, you can go draw from those insights that you're always tracking and monitoring because it's all just automated. And on the customer research front, like, you know, before you, once the thing becomes a concept, you can start doing customer research and you can start interviewing people. And so as soon as you know, kind of like roughly what's getting built, you should be on calls with customers all through that like alpha beta period. and understanding like what pain points is that really going to solve for customers? How much do they care about it? What language are they using to explain the problems that they're dealing with as well as like the ways that, you know, they think that that might solve those problems. So then your messaging is actually based on real customer insight, not just somebody's like internal gut check, you know, they, they are guessing. And, you know, oftentimes like the thesis that product has for why something's going to solve a problem is not necessarily directly mapped to the way that customers think about that. So ideally, you're doing those customer interviews all through that process. And then once you get closer to actually like turning it into a like really productizing it and get to the end of the commercialization process, there's a lot more quantitative research that you can do as well. So you can go and you can do pricing and packaging research to really like gauge true price sensitivity. You can do message testing research once you've developed those messages and kind of like AB those messages against each other and compare which ones are really like driving real purchase intent. And it just ends up making for much, much tighter story once it actually starts having to get told by, you know, the folks who are customer facing in the company. You can bring it together. So what if there's multiple, you know, at a small company, there might just be like one launch going and various things. But what if you have a bigger company that has multiple launches and multiple teams and things like that? I mean, this is true even at small companies. So like, you know, the funny thing, like we talk about launches all the time and, you know, people's brains oftentimes go to like the big tier one product launches, right? But the reality is like most companies are constantly launching things. Like even every week, you have new feature updates going out weekly. You have larger features going out maybe like monthly. You have, you know, those big tier one full-blown product launches that have like new prices associated with them going out quarterly. So, you know, like oftentimes you do already have many launches happening in parallel. And like, especially once you start talking about bigger companies, like, you know, we deal with some companies where they have 14 tier one launches all happening within the same month. And so when you have that going on, the portfolio management becomes incredibly hard. Like, you know, this is where you need to like really break all those go to market plans down, have that central visibility into like what's happening across all these. Cause you need to have like, it becomes more and more important to have that central launch calendar that's easily filterable by like product line, by type of launch, so you can see exactly like what's getting built across this big swath of teams that are all kind of operating independently. And you also need to have the ability to extract that messaging, like having a source of truth becomes super critical because if you're just managing all this stuff in like a bunch of docs and it's floating around, you know, nobody knows where to find that information. And like a sales team shouldn't be spending their time going sifting through, you know, a thousand different go-to-market plan docs or messaging docs that have been created by marketing. Like, you know, they should be focusing on selling. And so that information needs to be accessible to them in the places that they're already working, which is like their CRM, in their email, and it needs to be accessible to them, you know, in ways that is easily searchable where they can actually go and like pull that information out without having to, you know, go figure out how 
whoever created the information is like tagging it or organizing it in some folder structure. Yeah. And do you see that a lot that I know a lot of companies have a sales enablement platform and bigger companies, but it's sitting out by itself. It's almost like no offense to any of those, but it's like a Google folder, you know, with a bunch of stuff thrown in and people have to go use it and then they don't use it, you know, and it sits there. So no offense. No offense. Yeah, no, no, no offense. <laughs> no offense taken because like our goal, we like don't believe that sales enablement platforms really should exist. So like we don't characterize ourselves as a sales enablement platform, actually, because exactly what you described is the problem with them. They are basically just glorified folder structures. You know, they're the same as putting all that stuff in Google Drive. What you're relying on is you're relying on some person to copy and paste all the content that's created in the go-to-market process into that sales enablement tool. That you're relying on the way that that person created the hierarchy of information in the sales enablement tool to map to the questions that your sales team is really asking, which very rarely are those two things the same. And this is why, like, you end up having oftentimes like a different place where sales enablement assets are managed from the place that the actual go to market assets are managed because those go to market assets, they're created by a marketing team. And then the sales enablement team, like, has to kind of find some middle ground that's like kind of like how the marketing team thinks about it, but kind of like how the sales team thinks about it. So the sales team can actually get that information because all these teams just don't speak the same language. So like this is where it's actually one of the coolest things that we have coming literally like within the next two weeks is we are actually taking like because we're the place that the product marketing team is kind of generating all of that, those original assets and strategy, you know, strategic docs that are built out in this process. We're actually using some really cool application of generative AI where what we're going to do, and this is where I think like, you know, the future of sales enablement is going is we are going to be able to take a contextualized version of what ChatGPT is doing. That's all just based on your data and will allow a salesperson to come into our platform. And, you know, even though like it's ignore any kind of like structure or hierarchy that's built, they'll be able to come in and they'll be able to just ask a question hey, how do I talk about the payroll product to a CFO? And so we'll be able to ask, like, how do I talk about this product to a persona that I'm talking to right now? And what we'll do is we'll look across all of your persona data. We'll look across all of your go-to-market plans that have been created. And we'll spit out a messaging guide that's actually personalized to that specific conversation that that salesperson is having with links to all of the assets that are relevant to that persona as well as a summary of like all the things that recently launched that are relevant to that persona. So this is where like I think you know some of the AI stuff is going to make this process infinitely less painful because salespeople can then ask the questions the way that they normally would to a person. And that's what ends up happening with sales enablement tools today is like it's too much of a pain in the butt for people to go sift through all that information. So they just go ask the product marketer. They just go ask the person who's like created the content, like, hey, what's the answer to this thing, which is also equally inefficient. So I think that's going to start just like getting surfaced automatically without you needing to do this rigmarole of like translating content between different teams multiple times. Yeah, that is amazing. And so what would be like a day in the life of a salesperson, the way that it's structured right now, do they get emails and Slack messages and things like that? How would they utilize it? Yeah. So like in terms of the way that people are using it in like sales enablement tools today. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like the today version is basically like, you know, salesperson is on a call 
they're working in their CRM mostly. They decide they want an asset. You know, they're like, hey, I want to like pricing one sheeter to go share with this person. They go dig into whatever sales enablement tool they have that might be, you know, pushed into their CRM. So, you know, in some cases, like some of these sales enablement tools, they actually have workspaces that you can build in Salesforce or HubSpot. Then they go like dig through that and they find the right folder and they find the right, you know, file within that folder. They download it, they send it. The version that exists in Ignition today is like, yes, they're getting like Slack and email updates pushed to them. So it's like, hey, this thing just launched. Here's the full summary of all of the information that you need for this feature launch today to go talk to your customers that has you know all of the assets directly embedded in that Slack message or that email. The way that this is going to work tomorrow, which is kind of what I was just talking about with the AI stuff, is salesperson is just you know in their CRM, they're on customer calls and in Slack, they'll just be able to type, you know, slash ignition and then ask a question. And it's just, like I said, ask, hey, like I'm talking to a CFO about the payroll product. Like, what do I need to tell them? And you can ask that exact question. And then you're going to get all of that context with all the links to the assets pushed directly into that Slack conversation. So you don't need to like go jump through tools. You don't need to go sift through folders. You just ask questions as if you were asking a person. That's amazing. That's the dream, right? And it seems like the prompts, you know, people struggle with generative AI is like, what should I ask it? You know, (laughs) like what's the best use of the tool? But if it's related to your product that you're selling and your personas and your ICP, then the prompts are a lot easier because you're just basically, instead of asking the product guy, you just ask the ignition, (laughs) right? Yeah. And you're also going to get more accurate information because you get a full picture. Like if, you know, you have multiple product teams that are all working across one larger product. Oftentimes, you know, you go ask one PM, you're going to get a different answer from if you go ask another PM and you're not going to get a complete picture. This allows you to get the entire picture much faster. And also, you know, like you were mentioning, you don't need to think about the prompts. You just ask the question as if you were asking a human. On a side note, like, do you ever wake up in the cold sweat in the middle of the night, just going launch, launches, launches, like is launches just your obsession? I've been doing that for 20 years. (laughs) Even before I started building things around this, I would have cold sweats around my launches. Small launch, big launch, huge, huge launch. (laughs) So this was kind of built out of your necessity in some ways. Yeah. Totally. I've been drowning under this process for years and yeah, both on the like receiving end of it and on the shipping end of it. And, you know, it's painful. It's excruciatingly painful. It's extremely expensive for companies. Like you invest, you know, many people don't like do the math in their head when they're thinking about what goes into a launch, but like you have large development teams spending months building the thing. You have the whole marketing team kind of orienting around you know, building assets and like getting the thing across the finish line to actually announce it. You have like all the customer facing conversations that are happening around it. They're extremely expensive. And like a lot of the time, because of all this like painful coordination, it's just handled through a lot of meetings, which, you know, those are expensive meetings. There are typically a lot of like execs involved and every single one of those meetings costs thousands of dollars for the company. And these are also one of the things that like drive revenue. And, you know, it's like sales teams are constantly looking for new excuses to go talk to a prospect that, you know, may have got started going cold or is like just on the hump of like converting on a deal. And, 
new features, new product updates, like those are gold in terms of getting those deals across the finish line. And there's some stats that like, you know, 10% of all corporate revenue is lost to like poor launch processes. And, you know, I think like my take is that it's probably actually even higher than that if you really break it down. So getting this stuff right is really critical. Oh my gosh. And so it's not only saving money from not having all these extraneous meetings and everything, but it's making money, you know, plus 10%, which is both of those are hitting on the current, you know, economic environment that we're in. Like you don't want waste in the system and it drives efficiency through this process. Yep. Yeah. Like we definitely view, you know, solving this as it's both a time and money saver for companies, but it's also, you know, a chance for them to really juice their revenue in meaningful ways. Because it's what you're doing this anyways. Do you see this only for software companies or are there other applicable uses for it? No, not at all. I mean, like we work with, I kind of use software as the example because it's kind of like what I've been in most of my career, but we work with CPG companies, we work with entertainment companies, you know, launching like games and movies and physical products. So it's really any company that's like launching things, you know, probably the only like categories of stuff that we don't really work with are, you know, like government and services and, you know, like things where there's no actual like widget being launched. Yeah, they don't do anything. So <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they need to launch some new stuff. Maybe you guys should work with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. And your company has been going for a while. And how long have you been, you know, working on this? Yeah, we've been at it for about two years now. So we just celebrated our second birthday in February. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. We're like 90% of companies, you know, fold and... <laughs> the first two years or something. There's some crazy style like that. So that's great. Okay. Yeah. It's, we're definitely still early, but you know, I think the nice thing is we also have a pretty killer team. And so we've been able to, you know, build a lot more product than what, you know, a typical startup our you know, size and stage would have done. So, you know, I think we've got a fairly mature product that solves for a lot of these problems kind of all in one platform. And do you drink your own champagne? Do you use it to launch products? <laughs> We absolutely do. Yeah, we've got all of our, you know, like we did a product hunt launch a couple of months ago and like all of our launch planning was done, you know, right in ignition. We actually use it for a lot of other things beyond just launch planning too, just so that we're, you know, dog fooding daily. You know, we have like all of our engineering task management we do in ignition as well. So, you know, stuff kind of outside of like what the traditional launch process would look like lives there too. Oh, that's interesting. So not as much Asana and project management, you know, tools that most people use, you just try to focus on different ways that you can use Ignition. Yeah, like we were using a kind of engineering like project management tool called Linear before. And like, you know, it was a good tool, but we basically were just like, hey, you know, we want to maximize the usage that we're using in the product. Just, you know, we can identify all the areas for improvement before they ever like reach customers. And so, you know, we kind of like decided, made the decision to force ourselves into doing it. But so like we have full-blown project management as part of the product. It's kind of like a feature. We don't really call ourselves a project management tool, but you can kind of like work that process in here too. Got it. Okay. And so what's next? So the generative AI, when is that launching? Yeah. So it should be live end of April. We are very, very close. We're just testing it, you know, internally right now, but that's probably the big piece. We're launching some cool new launch measurement tooling to where we plug into your whole analytics stack and we're giving you kind of pre and post launch impact reports where we can show you kind of real 
business incrementality that's driven by those launches. So, you know, like before and after, how did kind of averages or slopes of lines change? So you can see kind of like what the real impact was, which is very hard for a lot of companies to measure. And then later in the year, you know, I think the big areas that we're investing in just continue to be like more and more of this AI automation, you know, finding ways to help generate strategy faster, adapt in a more personal way to the characteristics of your specific launch. So, you know, our templates, we have kind of dynamic templates that will make recommendations to optimize your launch based on the type and size and budget that you have for that launch. And so, you know, we're continuing to flesh all of that stuff out and make it more and more automated. And then, you know, I think longer term, a lot of what we're going to start pushing into is tooling around helping to actually communicate these launches externally. So right now, you know, like most of what we're focused on is how do you like do all the internal enablement around these launches and make sure that all of your internal teams have what they need in order to be effective around it. But one other component of this is how do you then communicate all this stuff to customers? And so, you know, we're going to continue building tools to help with pushing this information outwards to customers as well. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's amazing. We're working with a company that does PR, but it's, you know, it's a generation ahead of the current, you know, PR solutions out there. So let me know if you ever need like a little partnership or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You can see how, you know, this could be automated into speaking to the outside world versus, you know, just really focusing on the internal. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like our goal is basically like help to manage the entire launch process end to end. So, you know, like all the way from something being a concept in somebody's head on a customer roadmap to actually shipping the thing and communicating it internally, externally, everywhere that needs to go. That is amazing. I'm blown away. How do people get started? Like, is it product led or do they have to speak to a sales rep? I don't know if anybody does that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So we're a hybrid motion. So, you know, like we have a full PLG freemium model where people can just go sign up at the website and, you know, use it, start using it for free. But then folks who do want to talk to us, you know, directly and like need a little bit more handholding, maybe they're a bigger org with a little bit more complexity or they want to import or customize templates. We'll also have sales conversations with those folks too. Perfect. Okay. So what's the website? Yeah, it's haveignition.com. Haveignition. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure that ignition.com is like... <laughs> it's actually available. We just haven't bought it yet, but we kind guys. of play on the whole launch concept with a lot of like kind of NASA-ish branding. So like once you sign up, it's we.haveignition.com. So nice. And your background, right? I uh, yeah. feel like we're launching. Well, Derek, this has been so interesting. I think it's a great solution. I can feel the pain from past lives in the corporate world. And yeah, I think your launch is going to be super successful. So thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Definitely. We'll be in touch. All right. Thanks a bunch. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.